You seek the key, but first you must learn the ways of precision, craft and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system, up to a 313-mile range, and A-Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, their ZDX is the most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. Hello and welcome to the Two Robbies podcast, your destination for in-depth discussion and analysis of the Premier League and Champions League. I'm Robbie Earl. Robbie Musto, sunning himself in Miami, would you believe? So we've got a good student buddy, Tim Howard, who's going to join me today. So here are today's topics. Chelsea dropped further away from Man City after a scoreless draw at Wolves, despite Thomas Tuchel calling for the game to be postponed beforehand due to multiple COVID-19 positive cases with the Blues squad. Spurs play out an entertaining 2-2 draw with Liverpool in their first match in two weeks. Manchester City put on a clinic at Newcastle to cement their spot at the top. And Arsenal take Leeds apart to Ellen Road to strengthen their place in fourth. That's what we've got coming up in today's episode. Tim, always a pleasure. Great to have you here as Mr. Musto gets some sun in Miami. He probably needed it. I, he did. I, I enjoy when Musty gives me the opportunity to be on the podcast. I, one of my favorite things of the week. So happy to be here. Good, my friend. Let, let's start with the biggest story of the week in the Premier League. Uh, the disruption of COVID-19 on the fixtures. We've lost 10 Premier League matches postponed it in the past week due mm. to COVID uh, outbreaks. We've heard a number of managers um, publicly say how unhappy they are that, that the games are continued. We're, we're hearing things from some of the players who maybe are, are, not, are not best pleased with having these daily tests mm. and, and, and showing where we are. How do you feel in terms of the overall position that the Premier League is in? And do you feel as though we are getting close to the point where we may have to take a, a break? Sadly, I think we may have to take a break. The Premier League are in an impossible position. They're trying to manage the integrity of the league. They're trying to manage requests from and, – and they are handling it on a case-by-case basis, yeah. as they should mm-hmm. currently. That, there's a lot that goes into that because we saw today Chelsea wanted the game off. They have seven COVID cases. They have players on the bench. They can't fill a bench necessarily. They have players on the bench coming, just coming back from injury. So they're risking massive injury with Kovacic and Conte. They wanted the game off, so they have a case. And yet, the Premier League put the game on, and, and, and that's fine. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. When you look at you know, the meetings that are rumored to be you know, had tomorrow, there's going to be a lot of pressure to try and at least get a small little break, as managers have talked about, yeah. to break the chain, suppress the curve of this. Because right now, I mean, take Liverpool as an example. Jordan Henderson trained yesterday. Yeah. With the team, mm. you talked on the show about tactically how, how he would be in the team and how that affects the team. And then he wakes up on the morning of the game, and he's out. Mm. But I also look at the other side of it, right, from the health and safety, and think he was around players that would have played on the pitch today. Yeah. right? He'd been in a hotel, he'd been on team bus, all those things. Mm. So that starts to snowball because they test every day or every other day. Yeah. There's going to be more cases in that Liverpool team, as an example, today, tomorrow, the next day. And so it begins to snowball, and at some point – some way we have to try to break the curve, suppress this, so that we can move on with the rest of the picture. It's interesting. You, you talk about the stakeholders involved and, and how complex this situation is because you've got owners who have, may have one view. You've got mm-hmm. managers may have another view. You've got players who might have a view. Staff who are working at the clubs and, and then the fans. So we, we've got many stakeholders who are looking at it from different points of view. I just wanted to, to, to take a moment, being as we both – ex-players from mm. that position. Mm-hmm. I want to take you back 10 years. Let's say this was happening mm. in your time. You might have a couple of young kids at home. You might have a, a family member who's, you know, uh, at risk. Mm-hmm. Would you be comfortable in the current environment training, playing with, like you say, possibly next to somebody mm-hmm. who could be carrying the virus? It could come, come yeah. you know, it could come out in a couple of days or so. Would you be comfortable? Would you have no issues playing? Mm-hmm. Would it, would it be start playing on your mind a little bit? I, I think it. I think it probably would if you had, you know, young children or mm. or or family member who lived with you. You saw, you know, you know, who was elderly or at risk yeah. or whatever it was. Um, 
again, that part of that argument is, you know, at this moment in time, 10 years ago, would I have been vaccinated, double vaccinated, uh, boosted, all yeah. these things. Yes. And, and if that was the case, then I would probably be comfortable doing it by but also taking the, the proper precautions in and around the training ground, hotel, bus, et cetera. Um, but it is so difficult because that is my opinion. That's how I feel about yeah. it. But when you get into a Premier League club and you have 23 players in and around the first team squad, yeah. the, the opinions are going to be varied both on vaccinations, on, 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 yeah. on family members who are yeah. at home. It, it, it's a very difficult one. Yeah, it is a very difficult situation. And I think the complexity of the virus and the situation makes it not an easy decision mm. for the Premier League to, to make. We heard some strong voices um, today, Thomas Tuchel yeah. in particular. Yeah. Um, Jurgen Klopp went very strong. Pep Guardiola seems as like, and we know people like Brendan Rodgers, um, Thomas Frank. What's your gut tell you that, that might happen? We're hearing there's, there's a meeting tomorrow between um, executive meeting being called between the owners and the managers and possibly the captains over the next day or two. The Athletic is talking about a possible one-match game um, postponement, which they're talking about. We try and play Boxing Day mm -hmm. and then maybe take off 28th, 29th and 30th mm -hmm. um, that would then get you back for, for the January games. You okay? Does that feel okay or, or do you feel that we need to almost go, if we're going to do it, do it properly yeah, and yeah, take a yeah. two- or three-week break maybe through to mid-January? Yeah, Look, I, I think that we, we've we've been dealing, you know, you and I, and, and, yeah. and we've been covering this thing mm -hmm. all through Project Restart and, and, and the pandemic. We haven't seen clubs be rocked with yeah. the virus as they have been over the last, yeah. let's call it, 14 days. Mm. It, you know, they really seem like they're struggling with it. Yeah. Uh, a lot, most of the clubs. And so my gut tells me that there will be some sort of break. Mm. I don't necessarily know that if they play – Boxing Day on the 27th, and then they take off 28th, 29th, or whatever that is. I don't know if just that one round of fixtures gets us through the problem. I think the problem needs out of the training ground, yeah. clean everything out, sterilize all the things, get people away. Yeah, Obviously, yeah. I think during the Christmas period, as we've seen, with families coming over, with families in and around the house, there could be a spike in numbers just based on, on, on sheer contact. Yeah, we, we've talked about stakeholders, and a lot of the tension is on, on managers, on, on players, maybe on owners of football clubs and staff. But one, one of the big stakeholders who, who are missing out on this are the fans. Mm. And I think when we say the fans, we, we instantly think of somebody who lives close or is, is living in the UK and travelling. But there's many worldwide fans mm. who, you know, Christmas time have probably decided they want to go to London, yeah. going to catch three or four games over the course of a weekend. And so... I thought it was fitting for us, maybe for our underappreciated performers of the week this week, to be the travelling supporters worldwide. For those people who've made a trip maybe to the UK, have been looking for years to, 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 to go to a match, and it's been called yeah. off and, and they're not there. I mean, at the moment, games are being called off sometimes like two hours before yeah. kickoff. I mean, it's incredible. I mean, we, 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 absolutely, they should be uh, you know, the underappreciated performers because, look, there's so many pieces to this puzzle. When we see the Aston Villa game call off, and we see those Villa support, uh, we see all the supporters out outside the ground, yeah. they're devastated. Yeah. I, and, and look, I know that, that health and safety is first and Correct. foremost. Correct. But a lot of well-earned money is spent, mm -hmm. a lot of time is spent traveling, a lot of planning goes into it, mm -hmm. and these fans turn up and they're outside the stadium with really nowhere to go but home. Yeah. And it is, it's difficult. You see the sad faces on the kids that wanted to see their heroes. And so um, it, it is so very difficult particularly for the fans when they travel. And as you said, some of it's getting on the train yeah. or on the motorway up yeah. from London to Birmingham. So some are flying halfway around the world to see their heroes. And so it is a very difficult situation. And obviously they're also exposing themselves possibly sure. to COVID, you know, in their travel, if it's yeah. public service, if it's yeah. using the metro and all those things. So I think it's just fitting for, for this week's underappreciated performance with only four games going on. It was the traveling mm -hmm. supporters um, worldwide. Let's get to the games. We got four in the end. I think with fingers crossed at one point, yeah. we weren't too sure. Yeah. We got one on Saturday. We, we got three today. Let's talk about Wolves and Chelsea. Mm -hmm. um, Thomas Tuchel is one of those who's been yeah. very vocal. Obviously, you looked at his team and realised that they were, they were really under strength. Talked about only four outfield players mm -hmm. in his subs. He had to put two goalkeepers there. Trevor Chalaber played in a holding central midfield. We hadn't seen that before. Yeah. We were slightly surprised. Maybe thought Reese James may play in there. It, you know, they were, they were missing quality and talent up front. At the end of the day, will a nil-nil draw, is that a point gained in the end for all the circumstances, for all that they've gone through, or, or is that too drop for, for Chelsea? 
I think it's two drop. Look, going going to Wolves and, and scoring against that really stingy Wolves defense was always going to be tough. Mm. And Thomas Tuchel has talked about that that cutting edge, that ruthlessness in front of goal, and Chelsea's yeah. kind of been lacking that. So when you look at those two things combined, you think it's going to be a difficult day. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I when I initially looked at the team sheet, I thought Reese James would go into the center midfield next to Conte. Yeah. And, in fact, I actually thought Tuchel got that wrong. Because it was really be, you could put yeah. Chalaba as one of the center backs, get Aspilicueta out to the wing back, yeah. and, and put Reese James in that that holding midfield role where he has played before. Yeah, and so having to pull off Trevor Chalaba, it, it, it felt like that that decision was wrong, and he tried to rectify it yeah. as as Tuchel often does. Chelsea for me, when I mean, we talk about Romelu Lukaku, someone up the top end of the pitch yeah. who can stretch the pitch, um, even Timo Werner, who is not prolific. We know he's not yeah. prolific. He runs in behind. He stretches defenders. He at least makes the center half have to check his shoulder and speak to his other center half and make it drag that, which allows allows for that space just in front of the defenders for Chelsea to occupy. And, and today, I just didn't think they were at it. Again, I didn't see the cutting it. It is a worry because I was happy to say it's a one-off yeah. a couple games yeah. ago. Yeah. But we've seen it now probably two, three, and four times. And, in fact, Tuchel has been vocal about it. And so it is there. It is a problem um, if they can get – Ram Lukaku back fit from from COVID, uh, Werner back fit. They will be okay, but is is okay too little too late because that gap starts to open up now. Yeah, I think he'll be happy with a clean sheet because they haven't yeah. won them for a while. But but I agree. And and the Chalaba thing was interesting because I thought today their build up out the back wasn't good. Mm-hmm. They didn't have that clinical passing that, that Jorginho brings. With Kovacic, we know missed a lot of games. He came on on late, but Chalaba in there. I thought made them go a bit long back to front. They went long into Pulisic, who was the false nine. That's not his job. I didn't think he held things up well. So all the the, the chemistry and, 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 and the passing combinations that Chelsea do so well didn't happen for yeah. them today. And, and, and I thought that, that was a miss. I want to go to that top end of the pitch because it, it was Mount Ziyech underneath Pulisic today. <laughs> and, and obviously Christian Pulisic starting. And he's got to make the most of these opportunities in minutes because we know these players probably who are going to start ahead of him. Um, it's the one area of the pitch that I still think there's a question mark about Chelsea. It's not grooved. When you see Manchester City, it's grooved in the way they're going to get goals. The Ryan Sterling goal that he scores today is a typical Man City goal. They get down the outside, play across, and Sterling scores. That, you know, that's pretty much a City goal. Liverpool, you know, Salah and, and Mane and width and crossing mm-hmm. and things. These are Liverpool style of goals. I still haven't quite got what's, what's a Chelsea attacking goal. What, what, what's their... What's their DNA in the attacking third mm-hmm. of the pitch? That's a part of the pitch I think they still need to improve on. They're going to go close. Yeah, that as well as they do predicate their success on keeping clean sheets. Mm. And, they, and they were brilliant at it. Yeah. So when there's a little bit of a crack in the armor, you start to think, well, you know, as for the question said after the game, they're used to winning 1-0, 2-0. When they're conceding, that kind of throws them off a bit. So the, the focal point has to be defending, keeping the clean sheet, I don't think this Chelsea team is going, if we look at Chelsea, Liverpool, Man City, yeah. even in the next one, two, three years, they're not going to be as prolific as Liverpool, and that's okay. It's a slightly different mm-hmm. style, but that style means got to be really tight at their back, really solid, not only not give away goals. When they're at their best, they're not even give away chances, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? And so then they can go off the dominate possession, score the one goal, and get out, and, and get out of dodge. Pre and post games, Tuchel was really strong about mm-hmm. not wanting Apparently, Chelsea wanted the game postponed. Yeah. They wasn't allowed, and he's asked for clarity of the reasons why some people can get game mm-hmm. postponed and they mm-hmm. can't. He talked about it after the game, said he was pleased with the effort, pleased with the work of his team, but didn't want the game to be played mm-hmm. and says the Premier League, it's on the Premier League. We, we spoke in, in studio and said, like, I understand what he's doing before the game. I understand what he's doing after the game. Do you think Thomas Tuchel is smart enough to leave all that outside the dressing room and be, be a different person in front mm-hmm. of that group? Because... I just get the sense if there was any negativity in, that seeped into a dressing room, you know what it's yeah. like. Players will jump on that. Well, we didn't think because he wasn't playing, because yeah. he wasn't yeah. fit, because he... I just wondered, do, do you think Thomas Tuchel was still fired up when he got in that dressing room to a point where he's getting everybody on the toes? Yeah, well, Robbie, I think the man management side mm. of things is so difficult. Yeah. When, when, when you're the manager of a football club. And, and Tuchel, who usually is very measured... Yeah. He, he had that chip on his shoulder, rightfully so, by the mm. way. He had, he, yeah. he had a chip on his shoulder today. You know, they had seven COVID cases. We talked about bringing players back early from injury. They had 
as good a case as any team to get a game yeah. called off, and it didn't. And so my wonder is, that didn't just happen, mm. okay? They went to Wolves, so they were in a, they were in a hotel, yeah. right? They would have known that last night. They would have known that at breakfast this morning, at the pregame meal, at at the team walk, yep. around about yep. you know nine o'clock. And so, what was his mood like? What was he agitated? Was yeah. he annoyed? Mm. Was he waiting on clarity from the Premier League yeah. when they got to the stadium? He gave the the pre-match interview, as you said. When he had to face his team front on, was he cool? Was he calm? Or was that agitation, which players will, will hang on to? Yeah. You know, players will look for any yeah, excuse, yeah, you know, and again, we particularly know when you're not playing now. at your best. Yeah. 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 You know, that insecurity kind of creeps in. And so I just wonder how good was his or is his poker face? Was he able to get in front of his team and pretend that there was no issues? Yeah. I, I, I'm on your side. I tend to think that that agitation that he felt probably – the last 24, 48 hours, yeah. probably seeps into that Chelsea squad today. The six points now behind City. We'll talk about City is win in a moment. Um, I just looked at the next full game. So they go Villa, Brighton, and then go Liverpool, Manchester City. Mm. Is that pretty much, will, will that tell us then if they're going to be in, a, in around it or not? I mean, that six-point gap is, is a big gap when, mm. you, when you play in someone like City, relentlessly win games. Yeah. But do they, is the next month... Crucial to them staying in this this is a, is a top three race. Yeah, and I won't say that it's doom and gloom, but when you look at those fixtures, there's a there's telltale signs there. Two, they should just win straight out, and then massive, massive yeah. competition, yeah. right? Which is where they're going to claw back the points. Correct. It's not going to be against mm. the lesser teams. Yeah. They need to win those games clearly, like they, like they didn't do today. Mm. But the their ability to get that six point gap closed is going to be all the head to head matches yeah. with the, the with the two teams above them. So. We'll know a lot more. Mm. I, I tend to think that six-point gap might get slightly bigger mm. in that time. Yeah, I've, I've always thought they were a little bit behind the other two. Mm -hmm. We'll see now if they can hang in there and obviously get some players fit and get some players healthy uh, to give themselves a chance in that, that next game. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Let's move it on to Spurs and Liverpool, mm -hmm. which was, after all the weekend we've had and the disappointment of losing games, I thought a compelling intense, entertaining, combative game. Lots of incidents. Yellow cards, red cards. <laughs> Should have been penalties. Could have been penalties. Goals. Let's start off with, with the game I itself. Um, Jurgen Klopp, a game, was a bit like Tuchel. Not happy. Wanted it out there. Talked about, we talked about Jordan Henderson. Talked about one or two players who we had to throw in. I think Naby Keita and, and James Milner, who've not had much training, not played yeah. for a little while. Will Jurgen Klopp be satisfied with the point? Um, you know, I think he talked. Uh, he will be. I think mm. he talked after the game about it's not. It not again. It's not. It's not doomsday. Everything. Yeah. You know, it was. A, it was a good performance from his team. Uncharacteristic mistake from his goalkeeper who continues to save them time and time again. Yeah. And he wants an offensive goalkeeper. So, you know, I don't think that's an issue. When you put young Tyler Morton in the middle of midfield to do a replacement job for for your captain Jordan, Jordan Henderson. Yeah. You know, it's not just getting around the pitch. It's not just the balls that you play. It's the presence. You know, you lose. Yeah. Again, I keep saying we've both been there. There are certain players, when you walk down that tunnel, you just know you have a chance today. Yeah. And when you're in that tunnel and, so, and and one of your key players, captain, leaders, isn't there, it is. It's, it's a blow. It yeah. hurts. It's harder to perform. And so I think you saw that today. But I don't I don't think yeah. it's doom and gloom. I think, no. I think they're... they're the way that they play, what a great game of football, by the way. Yeah. As you said, there were penalty shots on both ends. There was, you know, red card, should have been red card. Harry Kane gets back on the score sheet. So, like, they had opportunities. Yeah, and, and, and I, I take because I, mean, I don't think it's a criticism of Tyler Moore. Mm. It was just the way that the game was sure. played and, sure. and the position that, that he was in. Let, let's go through some of the let, – let's talk Spurs first mm. because we haven't seen them for a couple of weeks, mm. about three games off. I thought for an hour – we start to see the fingerprints of what Antonio yeah. Conte's team are going to be about. They're going to be energetic. They're going to be aggressive. They're going to be committed. They're going to win some ball. They broke with real threat yeah. in the counter-attack. Yeah. And on a better day, Spurs could have been 
two, three, one oh, yeah. up oh, by yeah. half time and possibly clear of the game. You know, Kane scored but had a couple of good chances. Son missed a couple of chances. Deli Ali had a, had a few chances. I thought for an hour before they started to run out of steam and it just started, you know, heavy legs with one or two players. Sassignan hadn't played, Deli Ali hadn't mm. played. But I thought we got an impression of what Conte's work will be like. In those two weeks, you could see, mm -hmm. have been sort of well-studied on the work that they've done. Well, I think that when you look at, I agree, with, with Antonio Conte coming in, he didn't have any time. Mm. He actually bought himself that. Yeah, he didn't yeah. buy it, but the, he was given time because of the postponements and cancellations yeah. with the snow and with COVID. And so they were playing well initially under him, which is, again, that new manager bounce that you hope you get. And then you get two weeks to get on the training ground double sessions if need be, yeah. start to really formulate the ideas that you want without having to worry about injuries and, 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 and picking teams to play in matches because he didn't have any. Yeah. You know, what I like about the way he plays is you talked about they, they broke with real venom mm -hmm. when, it, when it was time to go. They went. So they got players behind the ball. They spread yeah. out yeah. Son and Kane a little bit to either side of, of Morton and number six, which made it very difficult defensively. Yeah. But they not only did they sit in that little block, but they were aggressive in the block. So it wasn't just, come on, we'll yeah. invite all the pressure. I think that's the difference. That's the concept. difference, correct. Yeah, Maybe so Nuno's teams. Nuno's teams and, and Mourinho's teams. And it, was, it was more win the ball, win, yeah. win the ball, yeah. first ball forward. And, and I think that you saw the opportunities. They, I mean, the best team in the league, Liverpool, yeah. one of, you know, and they got, they got chance after chance. And so I think when I, when, I, when I look at where they are, if they already continue to find form, yeah. they have a lot of games in hand. They're right there in that top four race. In fact, they're probably, for me, one of the favorites in the top four race if they can continue to get results. And Harry Kane scoring goals. He got yes. one. He's got to get more. Let's go through the, the big talking points of this game because there was a few. Yeah. Harry Kane's involved in, yeah. in one of them. He has a chuckle on Andrew Robertson. Mm -hmm. there. I think when I first saw it, I thought, oh, he's got the, he's got the ball there. And I thought, at most, it's going to be yellow. Then I saw a couple of replays come down, and he didn't get any ball, yeah. and, he, and he took... Robinson yeah. on the ankle. We're still showing. Now, I'm amazed that the referee wasn't called to the monitor to have a look at that. Having given a yellow, VAR's job is to look and say, hmm, are you sure? Come and have a look and be sure that that's a yellow because this mm. looks like it could possibly be a red card. But there was no, for uh, Paul Turner, no going to the, yes. the monitor, which I was a little surprised about. I don't know with you. Yeah. And I thought Harry Kane was very lucky to get a yellow card. Well, you and I agree on this, right? So, so. We'll take it independently, and then yeah. we'll, we'll talk yeah. about the decisions together. I think Harry Kane, and this is okay, because I think other people get the other side of it. Sometimes with referees, your reputation precedes you. Harry Kane genuinely is a nice guy. Mm. He certainly isn't a dirty player. He usually does everything right. Like, I've seen players who are dirty players who maybe don't even get a red card tackle, but yeah. end up yeah. getting sent yeah. off because we, yeah. we know he's, 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 a, he's a dirty player. Harry Kane's not that. Mm. When you look at the tackle, whether it be slow motion yeah. or full speed, yeah. He's left his feet, he's slid in aggressively, his studs are showing, and he catches Robertson on the ankle, shin area. Yeah. It's, it, it certainly could be a red card. Like, I yeah. think if he brandishes the red card, yeah. nobody argues. No. Okay? Um, when we go to Robertson, and, and I agree with you, Paul Turney wasn't called over to, to the to television the monitor. monitor. No. So VAR looked and obviously said, Correct. Yellow's okay. Correct. With Robertson, which yeah. I actually didn't think was a red card. Yeah. I didn't mm -hmm. think it was a red card. I think he swung through. He caught the yeah. player. Fine. If he if he's going to go over to the monitor, Paul Turney, and yeah. look at Robertson's, yeah. he 1,000% then has to, in, you know, in the first half, yeah. go no look at the monitor. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's yeah. very yeah. What, similar what, what, why, Yeah. The, the big question is, why would they all tell him to look at the Robertson one, but not to look at the Kane? This and is, that comes to your point, is it because he's England captain? Mm. Is it because he's not that kind of guy, because that should never come in, in, into a referee's mind. Between the referee on the pitch and, and the VAR, mm -hmm. it's their job to get to the right decision. And you've got the video and you've got the time and you've got the angles to do that. So I thought in that, I thought it was a red for Robertson. I thought it endangered the safety of the opponent. I thought he kicked over the ball. He knew he was going to make contact. I think he went to catch uh, Royal, maybe not quite as bad mm -hmm. as he did, mm -hmm. but I thought... That, for me, is an endangering thing. And I thought both were red, were yeah. red cards. Well, that's, that's an interesting point, okay? I, 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 don't, I don't necessarily see it the same way, but, but mm. I'm going to take your point for a mm -hmm. second. Let me run it back. Robertson definitely was trying to get ball and man, and he yeah, was trying to make a point. To, yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. I agree with that. Which is different than Kane, because I don't think Kane was trying to Any smash ball. Robertson. 
but he ends up smashing yeah. Robinson. Yeah. yeah. Right. And so, so I think they have to be judged very similarly, and they weren't. Yeah. They, they, to me, the, both action, both offenses should have got the same action. Yes, correct. And if you gave Harry a yellow, you almost then have to say, Robert, you're right on the line, but here's a yellow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, correct. But I thought both were reds, but anyway, mm-hmm. I think. Um, Spurs can feel a little bit hot. Uh, Liverpool can feel sorry a little bit hot by on that one. There was a big big call on, on the Diogo Jota, which mm. I believe incensed uh, mm. Jurgen Klopp. He went to talk to the referee, uh, Paul Dunne, at half time about it, and apparently the referee said to his Klopp about, well, Jota's stopped almost encouraged the contact, yeah. put yeah. the brakes on, and yeah. that's why the challenge. And I think Klopp's almost said, well, anyone who's played or understand the game mm. knows to take a shot, you've got to stop and plant your feet and mm. hit the mm-hmm. ball. Um, I tend to agree with Jurgen Klopp. I tend to agree, for me, there was enough contact by Royal in the back of Jota in the box. It's clumsy. Mm-hmm. He didn't need to be going at top speed, and for me, was a penalty kick yes. that Liverpool didn't get. Yeah. I, I, think, I think that this isn't an absolute, but as a rule, as a rule of thumb, yeah. if the attacker mm. is in the penalty area yeah. and he's in control of the ball, we saw mm. the Deli Alley one, right? Correct. Gets a bit pushed over, yeah. looks for the foul. Yeah. He wasn't in control wasn't of the ball. Control. No, the ball Any time away. a striker or yeah. a player yeah. is in control of the ball, mm. Jota was in complete control of the ball. Yeah. It was his. Yeah. You have to then take it off him. Mm. When, when the attacker is in control of the ball, the defenders have to be one yeah. trillion percent yeah. short. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Royal, uh, Royale bumps him in the back. Yeah. And, yeah. and do I think Jota was clever, whether he stopped or whether yeah. he got his yeah. body across? Yeah. It doesn't that, really matter, doesn't does really matter no, because no. ultimately he was in control of the ball, whether yeah. he was stopping to shoot, whether he was stopping to yeah. draw the foul. Yeah. He was in control of the ball. Emerson Royale was out of control, bars him from the back. For me, it's a penalty every day of the week. Yeah. The, the, the moment that Jot is setting to shoot, Royale should be putting the brakes on. Correct. He should be going, whoa, I yeah. can't go in there. And right. then now try and get your body around or your foot around sure. to block. Sure. But if you go with that pace that he runs and Jota stops, mm-hmm. guess what's going to happen? Uh, I thought they were a bit lucky. Jurgen Klopp obviously had something to say about that. Fascinating game. Great game. Um, two apiece in the end. Uh, I thought it was about a fair result. Liverpool will obviously be disappointed uh, dropping points. Will, do you think Jurgen Klopp will be sitting on the bus worrying more about the COVID situation or more that he's dropped a couple of points and maybe City are just starting to get a little bit of a gap now? Well, I... I, I... I don't think he's worried about a three-point gap. Yeah. Even even games played at 18, three-point gap, this Liverpool team. I mean, this Liverpool team, even yeah. though they're different than Man City, they're equally as good as Manchester City. And when you look at the way his team's playing, I think he's concerned about the COVID and how it's affecting his team. Yeah. And they'll make those three points up somewhere. Um, but clearly, you know, and he's going to lose Mane and Salah. That we've, we've talked about that, we, that, that yeah. uh, it's something that we have to factor in after, every time we talk about nations, Liverpool. Absolutely. Absolutely, and so and so, you know, again, you talk about this. They only have a certain amount of games until yeah. those players go, yeah. right? And 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 in his, in his mind, mm. whether it, again it's case by case, yeah. he might be delighted to get a few games off and then make them up at the back end of the season when his two top players are back. Let's talk about Spurs. You mentioned it earlier. Uh, Twenty six points at the moment, with uh, three games in hand on, on Arsenal, can get themselves right back into frame in fourth spot. They, where do you see Conte, Spurs in fourth spot? Has he got enough time? Is there enough in that squad to vie for that fourth spot? Are they, are they serious contenders? You know, we're thinking I, the likes of Arsenal in yeah. good form, West Ham, Manchester United. Arsenal, Arsenal are in really good form. Arsenal, you know, I, I think from from the, the exciting standpoint of things, you know, I, I think it could be a, you know a North London race you know, yeah. sprinkled in there with Manchester United for that for that fourth spot. I think West Ham might just drop out of it. You know, in, you know, in terms of in terms of quality, um, but the games in hand for me give Tottenham the edge. Now, defensively, I don't think Tottenham are, 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 are that good. I still think they need some showing up. I still think, you know, Royale looks good on the ball, but he's not always there. We, we saw yeah. which didn't lead to anything. But Sanchez had had a, had a few mistakes today. Never led to a goal. Mm. So I'm not I'm not sure they they've, they've figured out exactly who their left back is. But so. They're a worry for me defensively, but I do believe that they have a lot of quality, and I think with the games in hand, the edge slightly goes to them. But I'll tell you what, Arsenal are playing incredibly well. Yeah, I think you can see Antonio Conte's fingerprints all over the game. And I've just noticed January the 16th, 
There's a serious game. Spurs at home to Arsenal in the North London derby. That could be mm-hmm. quite a special game with both of them blind for four spots. You say Arsenal going well. Um, let's talk about Manchester City because it's this time of year. I noticed last year that they were on a they start a 21 unbeaten run in all competitions. That was pretty much enough to, to win them the title. They've gone eight straight wins today. Four goals against Newcastle. Clean sheet. Everything that, that, that Pep would have wanted. Rotated a few players yeah. again. Jack yeah. got, gets a rest. Fernandinho got, gets a rest. Um, it, are they about to kick on? Are they about to? Is the worry that they now kick on and create a eight nine point gap yeah. that, that's too big to catch? Yeah, I mean, you look at. Let me go back to the, you know the players who were left out today: Gundogan, yeah. Fernandinho, Jack Grealish. Pep has. Best man manager for me that I, that that I've ever seen, or certainly one of them, and you know, Gundogan had the best season yeah. he's ever had last 15 year. Fifteen Premier League, yeah. And and Jack Grealish, they spent they spent a boatload of money yeah. for him. Yeah. He has this way of rotating players, right? And I think particularly with those two, he's you know Jack Grealish comes in, it's a different system for him. Yeah, he dips him in, brings him out, dips him in, brings him out. By the end of the season, mm. in that championship run. We may see the best of Jack Grealish, and that will be down to the fact that Pep Guardiola keeps him hungry, he pulls back on the reins, then he lets him run. It's going to be really, really interesting because I do think with Manchester City, as you mentioned, they have this way of like lulling you to sleep, of being so good, you just get bored <laughs> of how good they are, bored of how much possession and how many goals they score. Like they scored four again. Uh, amazing. Of course they did. And then all of a sudden you blink and you're like, they haven't lost in 20 games. And they just keep going from strength to strength. So, I think we're going to see that again this year. Yeah, I, I was, we were talking with Bex earlier, and I said, I'm, I'm sure they've got a mathematician, a sports scientist, <laughs> who's logging the numbers, who's oh, yeah. always going, right, he's played these amount of minutes. We're going to give him a rest now for three, two or three games. And I also get the, the sense that part of the rotation, and I would say right now they're the freshest team in the Premier League in terms of bringing people in. Not, people haven't been overworked. Morris comes in for a few games. He has a rest. Jack's now resting. And resting Jack after a 7-0 win when he scored, I think, is great management because he kind of feels okay about having a rest, yeah. whereas it was a 1-0 and he hasn't scored. He might be thinking, I want to play and prove something. Sure. So, but I just think with, with Pep, all that managing of minutes, all that understanding the players, I think it's, it's a two-way thing as well. I think the players have to understand why he's doing it. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise, I've got to be honest, if I was playing and he kept rotating me or playing me left side one minute, centre in the, and, and mm-hmm. right, I'd be a bit like, Play one position yeah. and play yeah. some games and get. That's how I played. I needed my match yeah. with them. I needed to play in a certain place, a certain time to, to 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 be on top of my game. But I think there's a buy-in from from these players yeah. that it, it it may be different from the old days when you know pretty much teams pick themselves. You're eleven if they've played and that. He's decided that with the competitions they're in, with the um, challenges in the physicality of the Premier League, mm-hmm. he's got to dip people in and out for different competitions and. He's, he's almost, I mean, he's a magician at it, yeah. an absolute magician. I think, I think part of, he is a magician. I think part of the, the growing pains for any new player coming to City is this. Mm. You, you, you touched on it. Jack Grealish, first name on the team sheet, whether he's injured or not, at yeah. Aston Villa. Yeah, yeah. You're going in there, you're playing on the left side. Mm. Every time we get the football, the other 10 players are thinking, yeah. where's that number 10? Yeah. Where's Jack Grealish? I'm getting the ball up. Yeah. Okay. When you play Manchester City and you, we talk about Sterling, we can talk about Foden, we yeah. can talk about Jesus. You may, on a given week, and you don't know this, by the way, mm. you may be named in a team sheet as a false nine, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. You may be named on a team sheet as a wide right player. Yeah. Phil Foden, you're wide left. Maybe yeah. you're going to go up front now as yeah, a false yeah, nine. Yeah. And so that, I could see how that could mess with a, a player's mm. head. I've never yeah. had this before. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah. A I'm, I'm a left yeah, yeah. But Pep expects you to be adaptable, yeah. execute the game plan, and by the way, find out on Friday or <laughs> yeah. Saturday morning. Yeah, that you're playing in the false nine, but I've only yeah. ever really played left wing. Mm. So you can imagine as a player who's never had that before, yeah. it takes a little Challenge, bit of time. Yeah. And we've seen it with Sterling. Mm. He's flourishing. We've yeah, seen it with Jesus good. flourishing. Mahrez, you know. Mm. So, but but it, it doesn't happen overnight. And so as we start, start to see that, mm. we'll get the best of Jack. Yeah, City certainly putting eight straight wins now in the Premier League. This is where they kick into gear. Just a quick word on Newcastle. I mean... Mm. Five minutes in the game, you've got a centre-back who's what I'd call meat and potatoes centre-back. Mm-hmm. Head it, kick mm-hmm. it, get it away. Kieran Clark. Yeah. A ball comes into your six-yard box. He ducks under it. Yeah. 
Tim. I, I mean, I couldn't believe it. I mean, if, if that's my play, I've got to tell you, me and him are rowing at all oh, yeah. the time. Oh, yeah. He ducks under the ball. Diaz then heads it in. You 1-0 up against... You 1-0 down then against the best team, the reigning champions, up against it. And that's got to be the most difficult and challenging thing for Eddie Howe. That you go on the training ground, you know, you work your defending, you do your drills, hour on hour on hour on hour, to keep a clean sheet, to, to not give goals away. And then five minutes into the game, mm-hmm. you're meeting potatoes, head it, kick it, defender, ducks under a ball and you're 1-0 down. I mean... It just makes me wonder if Newcastle can survive based on those kind of things. Because if you're going to do all the work you do in the first five minutes of a game, your centre-back, who's there to repel things, just get it away, not only to play out the back, I'm not saying to be, you know, a Maldini and and passable. I'm just saying, get it away from my goal, ducks under a ball, then... I don't know where, where you go from there. So, so you want to be a Premier League manager, you know, and I, and I, I agree with that. You can't, managers can't legislate for mistakes and for injuries. Yeah. And you prepare a team, mm. you tell them how to play, you tell them the threats yeah. of what's going to actually happen and what to do. And his center half, who, as you said, is a meat and potato center half, yeah. his bread and butter is, head, is heading the ball and kicking it. He doesn't head it. There's nothing Eddie Howe can do. I think there's some square pegs and round holes at Newcastle. You know, I look there, they have 10, they have 10 points. Yeah. From 18 games. I mean, the teams above them, you know, Watford has two games in hand. Burnley have three games in hand. You know, can they make up three points on Watford and get themselves out? Yeah, sure. But the fact of the matter is, Watford have two games in hand. It's just to it, stay up. It doesn't they're, look good. They're going to need 35, 36 yeah. points. Yeah. So we're talking 16, 18. They're going to have to win six, seven, eight games out. I just don't know where that's coming from. You don't, you don't see this team winning a game, let alone that many. I, I think it's I mean, tough. Uh, I mean, there, there seems to be a, a thought at Newcastle. Let's wait for January. We, we can bring, you know, we're the richest club in the world. We can bring in some players. Mm-hmm. Not sure that, that that's the, the, the total answer. Yes, you'll get better players, yeah. but oh, you've got a lot of work to yeah, do. Yeah, I think there's, uh, Robbie, I think there's a plan in this, right? Like the, the, the they're not the richest club in the world mm. or whatever that is. Yeah. And, and yes, can you bring in players? But in short term, who's available? Mm. And by the way, the teams you're buying from also know how much is in your bank account. Yeah. So they're going to want yeah. crazy money for players mm. in January. And you know, it's going to test Newcastle's ownership's yeah. resolve. Do they bring players in that are maybe bridge players, right? They're not the top end who we're going to buy in three years and be the glamour club. But maybe they're better players than what we have mm. to get us over the line. I, if they can bring enough in, Robbie, and, and, and maybe Eddie Howe has a say on and that. Like, hey, I need these players to fit my system. If they can do that, what we both know is the crazy thing in the Premier League that I've always told people from all my years, if you can put back-to-back wins together, yeah. it makes you feel like you're the greatest team in the world. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, by the way, yeah. it shoots you up the table yeah, because yeah. the teams ahead of you probably haven't won back-to-back games. That's why it doesn't happen as often as, as you'd like. Yeah. And so a team at the bottom, if they can get new players in, somehow find a way to claw two results. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, Chains. they leapfrog and they put the pressure on the teams below yeah. them. So it's a big ask. It's mm-hmm. a big if. But that has to – I mean, look – that being said, Robbie, I can't imagine with all the fanfare around the new ownership takeover yeah. that they're just going to lie down and accept this. I have a feeling mm. they're going to at least go in and splash some cash in January. To try, they have to. Yeah. They have to try and stay in the league by any means necessary. Does, does the slight warning for me for Newcastle before we move on is when I look at Eddie Howe, and I think he's a very capable mm-hmm. coach. I think in the right environment, he's a good fit. And I, and I said it, I think he's a right fit for, for Newcastle because I think he'll try and do it in the right way. I see him today, and I almost think Eddie Howe wants, it, it, would, would love to be Pep. Wants to play Pep football with Pep's style of players. Unfortunately, he's, he's shopping so, so in a different I. place. We'd yeah. all love to. But, but he, he, and, and part of me wonders, is there enough reality to Eddie Howe to where they are and what's required? Because, by the way, Clean sheets are going to keep you in this league, not goals. They might score. They conceded 41 goals. That's the most in, in the Premier League. He, he's got to have more attention to defending. Every time I hear him, he talks about how we played and gotten the ball. And, and I just think, let's get some clean sheets at yeah. first. Yeah. These goals in this team. Let, let's stop conceding. Give yourself a chance. Yeah. Let me give you an example. I had a new manager one time. and He first came in and we knew what his style was. Mm. In the first game we played, we played against a team that was out pre- pressing and all that. And, and so the first game, not a lot of, not a lot of time to train. Mm. He put us in a back three. We won the game. 
think, oh, okay. And then he had more time with us. So games two, three, four, yeah, yeah, 20. Yeah. We played a completely different style. Mm-hmm. But he came in yeah. week one yeah. and went, I don't like this opponent Stop here. Yeah. This, this doesn't feel good. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go to a back three. We never played a back three again. Yeah, it was yeah, only for yeah. that team. Do what's required. Do what's required. Yeah, get the points. Uh, Eddie, hopefully we'll, we'll get that message in and hopefully spend some money in the January win to give Newcastle a chance. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Let's move to the final game. Arsenal travelled up to Ellen Road and Leeds, and we all, I was interested in the Leeds' reaction to getting put beat seven. Obviously, some criticism uh, of the team and Bielsa. Uh, and Ellen Road, that was packed pre-Christmas, the fans that always, always support that team, always will be behind the manager. And I thought to myself, this, I, I thought this one was a test for Arsenal. The young Arsenal mm-hmm. going up against a, a team that's wounded, that's conceded seven, that Bielsa's, you know, had, took a little bit of criticism. That I thought there'd be a reaction. And I know Leeds were, had a lot of players missing and, and had a bench of an average age of, of under 19 and a 15-year-old, yeah. I think it's Archie Gray, was, was on the bench. So I, I take all that into account, but I thought... This is a game where Leeds could really tough it out and, and possibly nick it, if not get a draw. Mm-hmm. They started the first 15 minutes. The place was jumping. The tackles were going in. And then their intensity dropped. They conceded a goal. And I'm afraid Arsenal ran all over them. Our Arsenal starting to look... And maybe it's Aubameyang. Maybe it's as simple as that. I don't know. But Aubameyang has come out of the team. Mm. Martinelli is starting to shine. Yeah. You know, Six goal involvements in his last six games. Scores to brace at Ellen Road. He just looks like he's enjoying it. You know, starting to repay that faith that Mikel Arteta has put in him. Yeah. Uh, Smith Rowe started on the bench the last two games. Comes on and scores. Saka has, and for me, I, I love Saka. Yeah. And I'm thinking, yeah. where where was the kid from last year, the kid from the summer? He's starting to get that about him where he's starting to wriggle inside, be ball dominant, starting to make things happen. And he was, he got the goal off of, off of wicked deflection. Yeah. But he had a lot of the ball. And I just start to look at this team and think, there's something there now. Solid goalkeeper, solid back four, you know, between Partey and Chaka, some real grit in, in, and fight in the midfield. Now, it's a really well-balanced team. And what I, what I like about it is Mikel Arteta came under criticism from everyone. Yeah, We're going to go with the youth. We're going to go with the youth. That's going to take some growing pains. Yeah, and I, yeah. for one, don't think there's – managers are given a lot of time in the Premier League, so he was wanting – do something, but wanted to be given time. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm actually quite happy for him now that we're starting to see the fruits of that labor, and probably earlier than I actually anticipated seeing it. Well, I, 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 my takeaway from the, from the game uh, was Arsenal growing up. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, was, there was a great piece when I was watching the tactical camera, and Stuart Dallas went down for Leeds and had treatment for about three or four minutes. Um, I think he had a, a knock on his head, and fortunately he was okay. But during that three or four minutes, a couple of players went over to Arteta to discuss something. I saw the two centre-backs having a discussion, pointing and, and getting each other. I saw Odegaard and Saka talking about... And, and there was almost like a game management, a focus, a, a kind of seriousness about Arsenal. We were one, they were 1-0 up at the time, but it was almost like everybody was getting everybody on their toes yeah. to make sure they were at the game. They went on and got the second goal in, 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 in that half and then pretty much dom- dominated the game from there. And I just thought to me... That's different from what I've seen from yeah. Arsenal. Oh, yeah. they, they, there's something that, that smells and feels like people are starting to get it. Now, whether it's as simple as Obama Yang not being part mm. of it, and maybe there's some negative energy, maybe there's other people not trying, I don't know. Maybe we'd have to we'll hear some more about what's going on there in, in time. But obviously, he was put to the side playing with the kids. Do you, I've got, got an interesting one for you, because Rebecca asked us, and I think it was both a question that yeah. we thought, wow, she said, you know, if, if Aubameyang's not there, who should be the, the, the next captain? And we I kind of, it was like a really good question. We took time to answer. I sort of went Gabriel, because I think as a centre-back, I like his position. I like that he might be able to dominate and, and become a bit more vocal. Sure. It might help his game. I think you went Smith-Rowe, particularly. Yeah. You like him as, as a yeah. player who's come through the, the academy in that. Well, I do. I think when, you know, Ramsdale is one for yeah. me that I feel has the ability to be mm. captain. He's, he's come in, and, yeah. he, and he's, he's been absolutely fantastic. He took that number one shirt. Yeah. But I think it's, it's too soon for him. Yeah. He only, he's yeah. only just got yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. And also, 
It's, it's not often that a goalkeeper is. Can it be a burden for some players? Just on that, he's playing so well. Could, could some people see it as a burden? It's a bit Possibly. too much, and then all of a sudden not be concentrating on his job because he's Possibly. thinking... I, I think it can be. That being said, Ramsdale, I don't think anything's going <laughs> to... Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, think he, he, bother him. He's, he's got a ton of confidence. Yeah. But, you yeah. know, the Smith Rowe, and again, he's been in mm. and out. He's been man-managed quite a bit, yeah. a bit like Pep, and, and yeah. it's no surprise that, you know, Arteta has, has, mm. has gotten his coaching base under Pep Guardiola. But I think with Smith Rowe, just getting in the England team, I think he'll be there to stay for a long yeah, time. Yeah. He's a kid, who, but he's amongst other kids. Yeah. And I think this that would be an example of giving someone the captaincy and saying, we, we want you to be at this football club the next 10 years. Yeah. Continue to lead. Because I tell you what, if that Arsenal shirt means anything to anybody, mm-hmm. it means the world to Smith Rowe. And I just think that he wears it with pride. You know, he's one of their best players. Yeah. He started the last two games on the bench. Yeah. It's easy for a young kid to mm. solve. Not, not him. Comes off. Him. Comes, comes off. Yeah. Dominates the game. Scores goals. Yeah celebrates like he just won the World Cup. Like, mm. it means something to him. Yeah. So I think that could, in the future, maybe a it's good... It's a good point as well. And I think, added to that, it's a great representation for the academy. Sure. That you can come in our academy, and guess what? At a younger age, you can captain our team. Sure. You, you can be that guy. Let me just throw one at you that, that I was thinking last night about. And, I, and I'm, I'm wondering if this generation, I was slightly before your time, you've came, and then the, mm. the, the, the current group. Is, is the captain such a big thing anymore? When, when, we, when I was playing, it was usually a centre-back or centre-midfield player. I had it in, in, in my years at Wimbledon. And it was it almost felt like a big responsibility. You had to take care of the dressing room, work between the manager. Are we now in a space, time where I think it's a bit more collective? I don't think it's about one person. Mm. I think it's like those group of young players, mm-hmm. those new players have come in Arsenal. It's almost like... We'll all be captains. Yeah. We don't yeah. need one guy. It's not the John Terry's, the Tony Adams, the Vincent Companies, that guy who embodies yeah. everything. I just wonder if the modern game is a little bit different. That mm. it, It's not as reliant on that one person in the dressing room. It's more about the group of players who have been brought up better than certainly I was, have, mm-hmm. te- have, have been schooled through better academies, have yeah. got great football education. I don't know if, if the game's changing a little bit. And well, we put too much store on the captain and one guy and the leader. Well, I don't think we do. Uh, I, I'm a traditionalist, but it's also how I think that how, how the game should always be played. You don't speak back to the captain. You don't leave the dressing room before the captain. You don't you don't take the pitch before the captain. You know, yeah. when I was at Manchester United, you didn't speak back to Roy Keane. Mm. You waited for Roy Keane to leave the dressing room before you followed him out. Yeah. You never crossed the white line before Roy Keane did. Mm. And so but I, would Roy Keane work in that? Or, he's a great example. Yeah. You know, Powerful, yeah. you know, determined, aggressive when he needed to be. Great captain, you know, selfless to the team. Yeah. But would he work in that Arsenal dressing room? Not, not currently. No, no, no. It, it, because I, because the it, it, things change, things evolve. Yeah. Teams want to take pictures after the game with yeah. their tops off and all that stuff. And so, you know, again, with with a team like that, that's what we have to we have to talk about how how they're forming the club. They're forming yeah. the club with this youth movement, the young gunners, and that's great. Yeah. And so you probably need to have a captain that reflects that. Maybe they lead by example as opposed to, you know, the yeah. blood and thunder type yeah, stuff. Yeah. So yeah. Um, it's, it's an interesting take. Yeah. It really is. Yeah, it's interesting to take new managers, different ways in dressing room. Just before we, we close up, let's have a word on Leeds. Mm. 11 goals conceded in two games. A little bit of first time really since I can remember Bielsa getting a little bit of criticism. People yeah. saying, is he ready to assist him too much? Has is, is he got to tweak things? We know there's a lot of injuries in, in these five or six players who go straight into the first team and make them better. But isn't that almost a reason to want to have to tweak things anyway? That you're putting in younger players, you're putting in less experienced players, and they're struggling to deal with yeah. the demands of how they, how they are. Yeah, and by the way, Leeds are where they are on the table, not because they play, have to play young and experienced players the last two games. Yeah. And, and so the Premier League as a whole has worked out this system. Last year... You looked at the results. Lead comes in, and 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 players are thinking, "Why is this center back following me up to midfield?" Yeah. It, it it sent it short circuited a lot of teams tactically. Yeah. With a year on experience and tape and and all the things, managers are starting to work this out. This is an easy system to play against because there's so many gaps. My worry is, and I said and I said this to Rebecca when she asked the question with Bielsa. I, I think pride goes before the fall. They seven got scored against them by Man City. Yeah. Four versus Arsenal. Yeah. They'll go to Liverpool, and nothing will change, by the way. They won't change systems because they're going to Anfield. No, no. They're going to open up. They, I, I'm telling you, I, will, I promise you, I will come back on the podcast and hold my hand up if Liverpool don't score at least four goals. I, I think they'll just wipe the floor with them. Well, my point is, is listen, he's, he's 
revered as one yeah. of the greatest coaches, yeah. the Peps, and, and, and people, uh, Pochettino's talk about the learning from him. So why would a great coach, a great football mind, a guy mm -hmm. who's thinking, not be able to say, OK, centre-backs, we're not going to go chasing, we'll pass on. Sure. Pass them into midfield, and I'll be stay here and pick. Why, why would that be a problem to a coach who's as good as this guy is? It, yeah. it, it just seems strange to me. I can't quite get my head around it. Can't work it out. It seems strange. It, it, there's a stubbornness about him. We've seen it. He won't change, and, OK, he's had some success with that, but... I. With Leeds, I always, I always use the example. In the Premier League, you have to be resilient defensively. That can look a, a bunch of different ways. You've heard yeah, me say this. Yeah. You can be Chelsea, yeah. really super organized, yeah. tactically, tactically astute. You can be Liverpool. We're just yeah. going to press you yeah, yeah. from the, all the front six areas. We're going to leave the back four yeah. intact, and you'll probably turn the ball over. Mm. Or you could be Burnley, which isn't a great example right now. You could be Man City. Keep the ball yeah. so you don't have to defend because you keep it so Correct. Well. You know, and, and like yeah. Man City or Burnley, yeah. they just they block everything yeah. on the line. Yeah. But however you do it, you mm. have to find a way as a group to yeah. be resilient defensively. Yeah. Not only are they not resilient, they're the exact opposite. Mm. You talked about it today in one of the highlights. It's like you could drive a truck through the, the two yeah. center backs. Yeah. There's so much space and gaps in vulnerable areas. I don't see this changing any time for Leeds. Mm. Well, he's had, he's had great success, and he's brought them up, and, and there's no doubt he, he's been brilliant for the football yes, club. Absolutely. Um, I just hope that he isn't that stubborn. I hope that he, he, he can tweak and not change the, the system because the football has been brilliant, and they've, they've been a breath of fresh air. But I'd hate to see them go down, having worked so hard in and, and the way they're conceding. And as you say, you're going to Liverpool, who scored, what is it, 50 goals now in the Premier League. If there's one team you, you want to defend against yeah. properly, it's Liverpool. Listen, mate, it's been great to catch up. It's time to wrap up on match week 18. And we only got four games played. Six of them called off through COVID. But the big three teams all played. But only Manchester City got all three points, while Arsenal and Arteta showed his life after Aubameyang with the Young Gunners in great form. Look out for a special podcast. That's next Tuesday, December the 27th. There's a great one-on-one -on -one interview with Manchester United legend and former Middlesbrough manager. So his, his manager, Brian Robson, the legend Brian Robson, gives us a great podcast. So honestly, you want to listen to that one. And then we'll be back on Monday, December the 27th, when hopefully, fingers crossed, the Boxing Day, Day games are played and we can review those. But for now, I'm Earl. He's Tim Howard. Well, he's almost an honorary Robbie. Thanks for watching and listening. Be safe and stay healthy. Have a happy holidays to everybody. It's a good night from me. It's a good night from him. Good night. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.